I've never wanted to jump out of a plane. Preferably with, with, without a parachute. I've never wanted to jump out of a plane without a parachute. Um, good morning. How are you doing today? Good. Um, that guy's name is Travis Pastrana. He lived. That, that was actually filmed about eight years ago. So he's still around. He's a thrill seeker. It's what he does for a living. He jumps out of airplanes. He jumps off. He does a lot of base jumping. He has, holds the world record for uh, jumping a bus the furthest distance, a little over 200 feet in a bus. Um, uh, he races race cars. He races motorcycles. And the entire idea behind that ad is that that is what makes it possible. Do you buy that? I don't buy that either, not for one bit, not for one second. See, what I, what I learned from reading the text is that uh, it's not Red Bull that gives me wings, it's the Lord that does. Isaiah, first, ver, Isaiah 40 verse 31 says, those who hope in the Lord will fly on wings like eagles, right? They will run and not grow weary, they will walk and not grow faint. It is the Lord, the hope in the Lord, that gives us the wings to do incredible things for God. If you're just joining us for this week, we are wrapping up our series called Work in Progress. We are all a work in progress. And uh, the theme of the, of the series is encouragement. What does it mean to be an encouraging body of believers? What does it mean to be there for everybody and everything within this body at all times to allow it to do incredible things for God? Because the body of Christ was built, was designed, almost like he knew we needed people to be around to allow us to do incredible things for God. Patrick talked in the first week, he kind of redefined encouragement for us. He reminded us that at Galatians 6.2 tells us encouragement's about carrying somebody's load with them, right? Helping them along the way. One of my favorite verses in all of scripture is Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest, right? Take my yoke upon you. Jesus promises to carry the load with you. And he has prepared us to be part of that process. Ephesians 4.29, Patrick reminded us that it's, it's about saying things that only build people up. Never tear people down. Speak what you speak out of love and out of compassion to build them up, to help them become stronger. And he reminded us that uh, James 5.19, we are told... Uh, Part of encouragement is helping others come back from their sin. Come back from walking away from God or from the challenges that, that have taken them away from God. It's not just a pat on the back. There's far more to it. And then Jordan reminded us last week that, you know, it's, it's easy to get discouraged sometimes. But when we do, we need to remember that we have a direct connection to God himself. Right? Hebrews 10.19 was where he spent time talking to us about the curtain is pulled back, the veil is gone, there's no, nothing missing between us and God. Jesus Christ has provided that, and he can encourage us in even the most difficult of circumstances. My name is Rob, if you don't know me, if you're just visiting this week, try again next week, you'll get the real guys back. Um, if you are um, new, or not new, you already knew I was going to be here, well, tough luck, you're stuck. You were brave enough to come. So we're going to talk today, I get the job of talking about what uh, encouragement is and defining not just what it is, but what we need to do with that information. We know that it's more than a pat on the back. We know that it requires a commitment. But we also, and we also know that Jesus is there to help us do that, but what does that look like? 
What does that look like in daily life? What does that look like in the life of the church? Well, that's my job today is to help us try to see some of those things. The working definition we have for his encouragement is doing whatever it takes to build them up. Doing whatever it takes to build them up. That's a tall order. Whatever it takes doesn't mean whatever's convenient for me. Whatever it takes doesn't mean when it gets uncomfortable, I stop. Whatever it takes is a big phrase, and it means an awful lot. Our fra- We're going to be working out of Hebrews 10 today, verse 24 and 25. And we're going to consider some things, as it says. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. When it comes to this Red Bull, we're going to need to get rid of this, just so you know. I was really hoping you guys would take it. Um, Because if I drink all this, my wife will dump me in Fargo on a street corner and say, walk home. So, because I'm a little out of control. Okay? So, the first thing I want us to, to look at as we're considering what it means to encourage and how to encourage is, one, we need to be prepared. Let us consider, and that's what we're going to do today. We're going to be prepared to encourage uh, you know, he jumped out of that plane and he tried to act like he just got up and drank a Red Bull. He was taking a nap and said, oh, I just feel like taking... No way. Lots of math. Lots of practice. Lots of skill sets. And the part that you didn't see was he had a harness on under his shorts. So he could hook in really easy. I mean, I would do that. Are you kidding me? Right? If I'm depending on somebody getting a parachute hooked to me to survive, I'm doing whatever it takes to make sure that works out. It took a lot of preparation. And being a good encourager takes prep. It takes effort. It takes being ready when the time comes to be able to encourage. Zechariah 4 talks about the need to be constantly hooked to God. It says, if, you're, if you want your lamp to burn bright for the Lord, if you want to have the strength the Lord has given you, you must be directly connected to the olive tree that supplies it. Right? Directly connected. And when we talk about being encouraged, that's our first step. If you want to be an encourager, you've got to stay connected to God. You have to. He is the source of those things. Joshua uh, chapter 4, verse 6 says... Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of tribes of the Israelites, to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. Well, one of the the things that I use to remember what God has done, remember Jordan, and then Jeff alluded to again, or not Jeff, Alex alluded to it again this morning. Remembering in the context of, of, of ancient Hebrew scripture is to bring what happened in the past into the present. To experience it once again. It's not just a matter of, of saying, oh yeah, that happened. It's a matter of experiencing it again. And one of the things that I use that they often use with the Israelites is a rock pile. 
If you notice, there are major moments in Israel's history when, some, when God moved, when God did something incredible, he would pi- they would pile up rocks, just as they did here in Joshua. They would make an altar of stones in order to remember so they could tell their kids. I have a rock pile I keep on my phone. Um, it reminds me uh, of the power that God has shown in our lives. It reminds me of the time when he paid the rent when I just didn't think I could when we were newly married. It reminds me that um, God brought Heather into my life. And I count that to be one of my most amazing and impactful blessings. It reminds me of an incident that happened a little over a year ago. Some of you may have heard this story. um, But it's great, so I'm going to tell it again. Um, We had some car problems. And we became readily apparent we were about to take a a long journey to see my parents. Several hundred miles. And we were like, the car's not going to make it. What are we going to do? And CJ, my youngest, was worried. He was like, oh my goodness, he heard us talking. He goes, we're not going to make it. What's going to happen? Because he's a warrior. That's how he rolls. We're not going to make it. What are we going to do? And, and Heather said, you know what? Let's, let's pray and see what God does. And so we did. It was a Friday night. We were leaving on Sunday morning. We prayed on Friday night. We said, God, take, take care of this. Make this happen. Make this fix the car, whatever it takes to do this. The next morning, 8 a.m., CJ and I are sitting downstairs um, together. Everybody else is asleep. And all of a sudden, we hear this crash outside. I stand up. I look out the window. And someone has managed to not just hit the car that needed work, but both our cars. Popped them both in one shot. Now, I'm not going to tell you that God made that woman hit our car. But I will say this. Her excuse was that the light was too bright. The sun had blocked her vision. And who made the sun? (laughs) Draw your own conclusions. But But we have to remember... Where God has been impactful in our lives. If you want to be an encouragement to others, you have to remember where God has been present for you. And I would encourage you to do something like that. To make a list, a running tab of where you've seen God. Because we're really forgetful. And it's really easy to look past that and forget that and move on into the next moment. And not remember that God has always been with us. If you are here in this room, he has been with you. And he's done incredible things in your life. And don't lose sight of that. Part part of also uh, being prepared is to not give up the habit of meeting together. As was in our text today. Uh, If if you haven't been here regularly, I, I would encourage you to be here more often. Because the family of God is designed and intended to strengthen one another. To encourage one another. And when you don't show up, you rob yourself of that connection. You rob yourself of that strength. If you need opportunities to be involved, worship, life groups, right? And acts of service, Jordan would sign you up today. If you need an opportunity to serve with us, the Urban Ministry, we could find all kinds of things for you to do. There are a bunch of kids at Roosevelt Homes Community Center that need a lot of love. And we've only got so many hands. There are opportunities to be part 
of what God is doing. And if you miss out on being part of his church, you're missing out on being part of what God is doing and you're missing out on the strength that comes with that, the encouragement that comes with that. Be prepared. Our second step is be intentional. We need to be intentional about what we're doing. Flip. All right. Be intentional. Encouraging comes from decision, not default. Encouraging comes from decision, not default. Why? Because we easily lose focus. This guy's probably pretty focused, though. You think? He's in a lion's cage. I always wondered why, if I was going to go in and tame lions, I'm carrying a whip and a stool. I'm thinking something a little more substantial, right? A gun would probably be where I would go with it, right? Which wouldn't bode well for the circus, because I'd probably take out the entertainment. But I learned something interesting about that stool. The fact is they carry that stool specifically because it has four legs. And because it has four legs, a lion cannot focus on one at a time. They're easily distracted. Incidentally, I also saw a study the other day regarding cats. Somehow they, um, your house cat at your house, and they somehow um, determined that there's not a lot of thought difference between lions and house cats. Essentially, they determined that if your cat could kill you, it would. (laughs) So I need you to consider that the next time Fluffy's looking at you funny. But we need to be intentional because we are not unlike lions. We are very easily distracted. One of the challenges that both Heather and I have, and I'm sorry to our kids, is we are both excited by shiny things. We both change directions. Ooh, look at that. Oh, wow. But to be an encourager, you have to be intentional. You have to choose to get up today and say, I'm going to look for opportunities to encourage. The first one I want you to to understand, the first thing about being intentional is to be present. Alex made fun of, turn off your cell phones, right? Turn down your cell phones because his mustache grows, which incidentally, I would love to see. I really, I really almost started calling everybody in the room just to see if I could get it to, to go. But I saw a study the other day that indicates that well over 80% of our kids under 18 are addicted to their cell phones. 80%. Uh-huh, I see you over there. <laughs> Put that thing away. Those things destroy our ability to be present. Because being present is more than just being in a room with somebody. We all know you can be at church and not be present. You can be physically sitting in a seat and not be invested. Not be considering what's going on. Not really considering communion because we can get distracted by other things that keep us from being present. When someone needs encouragement, we need to be able to give them our attention. That means setting aside our schedules. That means setting aside our phones. That means when when you ask somebody, how you doing today, actually expecting an answer. How often do you do that? I do it all the time. How you doing? Good, good. Off we go. 
No, being present means I'm expecting to talk to you. You can't be an encouragement if you're not present. The second one is to be compassionate. To be compassionate. Uh, Simone Weil said, had the prodigal son any good financial sense, he'd never have returned to the father's house. We sometimes uh, forget that it's in the midst of tragedy that we can see God do incredible things, right? And we sometimes have trouble feeling compassionate for people that we think have gotten themselves in in a pickle, that have made bad choices, okay? Raise your hand if you have not made a bad choice. Part of being compassionate is to understand that everybody makes bad decisions, Sometimes we find ourselves in bad places regardless of our decision, and it's really easy to kind of blow off. Your problem, that's not really a problem. My problem, now that's a problem, right? I was uh, a long, long time ago, and a life ago, I was uh, managing a restaurant, and I was checking out servers at the end of the night, reconciling their banks and getting all of their money. I was standing at the front door at the hostess stand doing this. And I'm surrounded by servers. It's near closing time. And all of a sudden, a a child-sized pizza, because we served those, um, came flying out of nowhere and landed in the middle of my paperwork. Right? So um, we were all kind of aghast by that, right? So we kind of, as the servers parted in order to turn around and look and I looked out there's a guy standing probably 20 feet away from me now if I'd had my wits about me I would have commended him for launching that sucker 20 feet and landing it right there but instead in my infinite wisdom I said um is is there a problem sir he's like yes and so obviously I went over to to talk to him and and the crux of his problem was this there's sauce on my pizza There's what on your pizza? Sauce. I'm like, barbecue sauce, ranch, what? He's like, no, tomato sauce. Who in their right mind puts tomato sauce on their pizza? Do you know what I wanted to say? Everyone? But I didn't. Uh, I said, I'm, I'm, did you order it without sauce? He said, no, I shouldn't have to. Well, sir, I'm sorry that we've, we've made a mistake. We've let you down. We need, to, we need to solve this problem. And can I ask you a real question? If I had said what was going, going through my mind, because it wasn't wonderful, <laughs> would this man have come to know Christ in any way, shape, or form from me? If I had yelled at him, what does that do to the bridge? Burns it. If I judged him, even though he was clearly having some issues, we'll go with that, Um, then I lose an opportunity to speak to him in some civil way and in some way that maybe might impact him in some tiniest little bit. We are quick to do that when we see people 
in trouble of their own will or their own volition because it happens. Or we see people repeating the same mistakes over and over again. It's really hard to be compassionate. But we all make mistakes. And part of being intentional means I have to intentionally be able to see your difficulty as equal with mine. As crazy as it sounds. And I have to be willing to open my heart enough to speak to you with love and care and consideration. The next one is to be messy. You're going to be intentional. Get ready to be messy. Remember, we are carrying a load with somebody, as we remember from Galatians, right? We're carrying a load. If you're carrying a load with somebody, are you probably going to get a little dirty? You probably are. Being messy means being willing to say, uh, I'm not going to stay in my bubble anymore. I'm going to get out of my bubble and I'm going to do what I need to do to help you. Author A.J. Swoboda in his, in his uh, book, Messy, <laughs> said we never stop being messy. We need to remember to say, I love you for who you are right here and right now, not for what you are going to do, and not for what you are going to fix. My job is to help you fix if I can. Now, I don't want you to hear me say that if somebody presents to you a problem that is way over your head, that um, you should try to fix that. But you shouldn't abandon them either. You should try to get them to the people that can help. This is a talented church. If I had money problems, do you know how many accountants there are in this building? It's pretty impressive, right? If I had an addiction problem, do you know how many counselors we could find? Right? If I had a problem with my children in school, do you know how many school counselors or former school counselors, I'm looking at you, Matt Robinson, I can find? The body of Christ has been put here to support one another, to encourage one another. And if you, if you come across a problem that's just too big for you to handle, the first place you should look to is each other. Because as he tells the Corinthians, he's given you everything you need to pull this off, to be an encouragement to one another. But you've got to be willing to get messy. And that's going to be inconvenient. But sadly, people are messy. I'm messy. CJ's messy. We're all messy. Don't come to our house unless you call first. All right. All right. I'm kidding. It's fine. All right. So the next one is be urgent. Be urgent. Esther chapter 4, 14, and 15 says, If you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. There might be something telling in that part of the lesson, too. God will make a way, but it could actually hurt you if you don't do what you need to do when you need to do it. Interesting process. It says, and who knows, but that you have come to your royal position for a time such as this. That you have come to this place and this time for a time such as this, for this reason. If God has put this person in front of you, it's for a reason. There was a young man several years ago that I was uh, guest preaching at a church. 
and they put me up in a hotel for the night because was, it was about a four-hour drive. So they put us up overnight in a hotel, and it was just me. Heather was home. And I came downstairs to print off my sermon. It was about midnight. I came downstairs, and I said to the guy behind the desk, I said, common pleasantry, hey, I'm looking for the printer. He says it's around the corner. I said, great. How you doing tonight? What's the answer I wanted? Good. What's the answer I got? Two hours. Sat and listened to him. Our last discussion was, you know, I'm, I'm going to this church to preach for the first time in the morning. Never been there. I could use directions if you know anybody or any way I could, anybody who could help. Did I think he would show up? Did he? Yes. Eight o'clock, shirt, tie, suit. Ready to go. Hadn't been in a church in 20 years. God blew my mind that day because that's not what I expected as a response. Because I did, I was lucky enough to be where I needed to be and blessed enough to have the courage to do what I needed to do. And that was to just listen today. Because that's really what I did for two hours is listen. Did I want to? I was sleepy. I was printing my sermon. Why? Because it was done. It was time to go to bed. That's not the plan that God had. And what I needed to do was to be there for this person. Be urgent. If you have an opportunity to encourage somebody, don't let it slide by. Don't go, I'll get to it tomorrow. We have in the background of our computer right now, the uh, pop, we have this cycle of pictures that goes by. And one of them is this picture my wife took years and years ago that says, a lazy man's favorite day is tomorrow. See, CJ knows. <laughs> a lazy man's favorite day is tomorrow. That might be a hint. I don't know. She might have put it there for that reason. But how many things do we say that about? We will get to it tomorrow. I will encourage this person the next time I see them. And the next time comes and goes, and you go, I missed it. If God has put somebody in front of you that needs encouragement, don't say, I will do it tomorrow. Do it in the moment that you've been given. Because that moment may not come back. God will work it out, but you're going to miss out on the blessing of what it means to be present right there, right now. Be urgent. Be ready for what God has for you to do. Be prepared. Be intentional. Be ready. Be focused on, on the need to be encouraging and to be there. And be urgent. Don't let it wait. If I had a nickel for every time I've said I'm going to start a diet tomorrow... need to work on that. Okay, so be urgent. And our last one is this. Be courageous. Be courageous. Encouragement literally means to impart or give courage to somebody. How can you give somebody something you do not have? Be courageous. Karl Barth says, courage is fear that has said its prayers. 
true story. Eddie Rickenbacker was a pilot in the, um, World War I. I like the name Rickenbacker. Besides, he had an Air Force base next to me where I grew up, named after him. Okay? But he was a pilot in World War I. Shot down more people than anybody else in the war. He said fear is not, he said courage is not the absence of fear, but courage is the willing to do what's right in spite of it. Bob Goff, a contemporary writer, says, um, fear only has the power we give it. Hope works the same way. Travis Pastrana's crazy, no doubt. But he's willing to take some risks. And part of being an encouragement to your believers around you is to not be afraid to take a risk. How many of you think you're going to say the wrong thing? Let me tell you what, you probably are. God will make it work. God honors the effort. The sin is not in failing. The sin is in not trying. God wants you to try. God wants you to be willing to overcome your fear. And here's my question for you. If you're willing to jump out of a plane without a parachute for God, because sometimes that's what this feels like, right? Being Stepping out on a limb and encouraging somebody and saying something that's really uncomfortable or going, I don't know, you look like you're having a problem. Should I talk to you? Should I come to you? It doesn't feel good. It kind of feels like you're jumping out of a plane without a parachute. Do you really think God's not going to catch you? Do you really think God's not going to catch you? Guess what? He is. He makes a living at it. He's been catching people for thousands of years. Since the dawn of time. Have courage. God has given you a spirit of courage. Use it. Be ready. Attach yourself to the body of Christ and directly to the Spirit of God because that's what it takes to do this. Be intentional. Get up in the morning ready to say, who am I going to look for to encourage today? I'm going to be present, right? I'm going to be compassionate and I'm going to be willing to get messy. It's going to be inconvenient. Be urgent. Act now or you will miss out on the blessing that God has offered you an opportunity to be a part of in doing His work. And be courageous because God will catch you. He will make sure you land safely. And maybe he'll help you hook somebody up, up, hook up to somebody else so they will land safely. Who's doing the closing prayers? Okay, Dave. Thanks, Ralph. Thanks. uncomfortable.